Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the LEO Podcast. And if you can't tell, this is not Michael Bragg. This is your temporary host, Brandon Dubich. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Dubich. It's a real, uh, real puzzle, that one. Um, and I'm here by myself, Han Solo. But here with us again is our esteemed colleague, our producer, Seth. And if you haven't done it, don't block him. You had your chance. Your chance is over. But if you want to check him out, his handle is at Setah5. That is S-E-T-A-H-5. Seth, this is our show, man. We can do whatever we want. I know. Uh, we're never giving it back to brag. It's uh, this is, you know, Jay-Z blueprint to the gift and the curse, baby. Here we go. Absolutely. And I got to ask the, the people, the people want to know, how did you get to say five? Like, give me, give me the backstory. Like, why couldn't you just go Seth H? You had to go say, I, I don't, is that, I, I don't get it. The people want to know. First three letters of my first name, middle initial, last initial football number. It was my last AOL instant messenger screen name from my high school days. So you were a single digit in high school. Oh, yeah. I was a cornerback. Yeah. Single digit. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I know. Now, did you choose that? Did I get handed down? Like, no, that was, yeah, it was the lowest number I could get my sophomore year. And then I just carried it through. I wanted to be a single. I, oh, I would have gone for one or two. Yeah. Did yeah, you see uh, Sauce Gardner just paid a quarter of a million dollars for number one on the oh, Jets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. That's great. Man, man I couldn't give up that much coin. See, like, oh, no. I love other people doing it. I wouldn't, I don't love it for myself. <laughs> my number in high school was 12, but then I had to change for basketball because that was the available number. So then I went to 11. So okay. all my numbers were 11, but 12 was like, I don't know. For some reason, 12 was my number. You didn't switch for different sports. Like I was 21 for basketball. No, I was no, 11 you, for both. Okay. I All was right. 11, 11 for both. But All right. Anyway, anyway, what we're doing today is we're previewing two position groups that got no flair, but they're all substance. How, how's is that? How's that? Is that pretty good? Yeah, I guess so. It's better that than calling them <laughs> pigs or hogs or whatever the hell else people call them. We're covering the offensive line and tight end group. And let me tell you, Seth, um, it's thin. I, I, I was, <laughs> Open the cupboard, baby. Let's, let's see what we got. Uh, I wasn't on the pod where you guys did the too deep. Um, so I kind of took a stab at my own too deep. Um, so I'll be curious to see how that compares to your guys's. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what we're going to do first. We're going to, we're going to start with tight ends, then go to tackles and then interior offensive line. I didn't break it out by guards and centers because that seems to be ever the rotating 
at IU. Um, so is, is that the same with Purdue? Uh, do, you, do you guys rotate as many people as IU does? Or are you guys a little bit more traditional? In, uh, I, I definitely think that the the better the record is, is usually indicative of the consistency of the offensive line play. Typically when we have injuries, when we have a lot of shuffling in and out, that's when we have those, you know, four and eight, five and seven years. Um, We don't like to talk about those too much, but usually like last year, we had a lot of consistency along the offensive line. I think that's a big part. And what do you know? You had good quarterback play. Exactly. I mean, shocker. (laughs) Intrinsically tied together. You'd think. You think, you think. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into the, can I say meat and potatoes? I'm going to say meat and potatoes. Um, we got an update, a singular update. Um, and it's with Brandon Jennings. Um, are you familiar with this story at all? Or do I need to kind of give the entire backdrop? Was he the one who went pro, but didn't want to go to college at Arizona. So then went to Europe for a year and then came back to the NBA and then really didn't do anything. <laughs> you're not, you're not wrong. Okay. Different Brandon Jennings, though. Spelled a little bit differently, it looks like, too, maybe. Spelled a okay. little All bit right. differently. So this is the younger brother to the Jennings uh, grad transfer we got from Maryland. Now, he, they were both at Maryland. Um, this, the younger Jennings, who, which is what we're talking about, transferred to Kansas State. It was a weird... Nobody really knew why he went to Kansas State. Now, Seth, this is a top 100 guy. I mean, he's technically like 112, but like this guy was an absolute stud coming out of high school, but he's got a little baggage. He's 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 I'm not going to call him crazy. There's other people who have called him crazy. I would never do that because I'm not going to disparage a teenager class. Um, Right. But he, (laughs) he does come with, you know, a little bit of baggage. He's had a couple divorces. Um, my question to you is, do you bet on talent or do you bet on, for lack of a better word, culture? Well, I think it's a mesh point of the two. I think it always comes down to that. And every coach will always tell you, give me the player. I'll, I'll culture him up. You know, I'll coach him up. I'll culture him up. I'm the LEO, guy, baby. LEO. I'm the guy who can who can break the cult, you know, whatever the yeah. horse training analogy is. You know, every coach has that, well, you would hope, has that self-confidence, has that ego that says, I'm the guy who's gonna who's gonna harness that athlete's potential. I'm gonna stream it into some kind of productive on-field product. And I think that's what I think that's what the coaches believe in. I think for me, you know. I'd, I'd love to have the, you know, the, you, you know, you, you pick the one and you stay with it for four or five years and you ride it out, but that's not the, that's not the way things are anymore. And so anytime you get a transfer, there's always the fear that there's going to be some baggage, you know, what led to that situation is a playing time issue. Is it a homesickness thing? You know, um, it could be a number Florida. of things. So, so I may, uh, again, uh, I, I don't think I wear as much rose colored glasses or cream and crimson colored glasses as brag, <laughs> but that's, that's my, nope, hope. nobody does <laughs> that. My hope is, I mean, he's a Florida guy. Um, hopefully he has a lot of people of Florida in that locker room, um, that can, that can help him out. This is his third school though, without playing a college snap, third school without playing a college snap. I wouldn't uh, say there's red flags, but I'd say that there's like. 
I don't know. What's that like purplish magenta, <laughs> magenta flag? I mean, it's, it's May, right? So what do they wave <laughs> when it's like caution? Is that a yellow yeah, flag? It's, it's a yellow flag. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what waving here. That's what my LEO podcast sense is tingling here is a yellow flag. Um, but I mean, the, the easiest way to the easiest way to erase any doubt is by on field production, though. And exactly. the, the thing that sucks about this is you have to wait a year to find out. Well, yeah, yeah, because he is not immediately eligible because he stopped at Kansas State, right? Ah. If he would have came right to IU immediately, then he could have yep. played this fall. So he will go two years without playing. So he will likely be a 20-year-old freshman, possibly. Um, pretty interesting. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah, because last year didn't count, right? So, the, so right. this will actually yep. this yep, will yep. actually be his redshirt freshman year. Correct. Or his freshman year, he'll redshirt this year because last year, I don't know. Who knows? Time is a flat circle. I'm not going to get caught in it. But that's the big update. He hasn't officially committed yet, but like the crystal balls are coming in. The the message boards are lit up like Brandon Jennings um, is coming to IU. Um, You you, you did not hear it here first, um, but that, that that is the only update. Was that a good update? Bad update? How am I doing so far? Let's get a pulse check. Let's go from a TBD update to a TE update. Let's let's roll straight into this. There we go. So um, tight end room went from a position of strength with Peyton Hendershot. He'd put up production for two years. Uh, his third year was arguably his best year. It went from a real position gr- position of strength to a position of unknown. And if Bragg was on this, here he would kill me because I don't know if there's a bigger AJ Barner fan. Maybe he's like mom, um, but Bragg's up there on the AJ Barner uh, fan list. Yeah, when I gave my hot take that I thought he was probably going to lead the team in touchdown receptions next year, before I could even finish the sentence, Bragg was like, "I think that too. You're you're absolutely yeah. right." <laughs> was that was that Bragg fan service or did you really believe that? Uh, I think that the big bodies, I think you're going to have a lot of, you know, first, second, third and goal situations yeah. where the the size of the tight end body is really going to take over. And that's going to be the, the matchup you're going to want to get against the safety or some or a linebacker. Yeah. So so there, there's other bodies in that room. There's Ryan Miller, true freshman, Braden mm-hmm. Foley, true freshman, Aiden or Aaron Steinfeld, uh, redshirt freshman. But I want to stick on A.J. Barner because uh, that- we don't really know much, but we at least know a little bit there. Um, where is he on a potential compared to Hendershot? Higher ceiling, lower floor? Is he a Hendershot clone? What What do you think? So when I was looking, I thought he had kind of a stringy body, more of a big wide receiver, oversized yeah. wide receiver. Um, Bragg showed me his uh, his height, weight, and I, I think he was up to like 250 almost, yeah. um, which is cer- certainly more than I expected uh, based off of my looks on him last year. Um, so, you know, my initial indication is he's more of a pass catcher, more limited as a as a yep. as a run blocker, um, you know. It's really hard to to see if maybe that was just by design, because God forbid, you know, we have there's some kind of offensive 
<laughs> um, framework put in place that you can build off of. You couldn't tell last year what the intentions were half the time. Um, so, you know, is that by design or is that by talent or, or lack of talent maybe? Um, so I certainly think from a pass catching standpoint, he can run the route tree. I think he can catch. I think he can move well, we his saw, position. I mean, we have one highlight on his highlight reel, and that is against uh, Wyoming or Idaho. Mm-hmm. Idaho, yep. where he just looked like Pat Fryermuth. He looked like Mike Gusecki. He looked mm-hmm. like a receiving tight end who just has the height on anyone, the height and speed on anyone in the middle. Yes. Um, and he and he straight pulled away from people. I loved Hendershot. Hendershot is more of your traditional tight end. I mm-hmm. want an athletic out in space tight end. I don't mind if my tight end stands up. Um, I don't need my tight end in in a in a three point stance. Um, question is, we won't know. It's a Walt Bell offense, right? I mean, we we have. I mean, unless you go back and watch UMass or Florida State, and I'm not doing please one no. of those things, <laughs> especially during his tenure of Florida State <laughs> or UMass. I want no part of that game film. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I he's he's a redshirt sophomore. So, I mean, he's going to get at least two years into the program, if not three. Um, so I think it's a weak position group. But if you got him as a redshirt sophomore, you have two highly or two highly recruited guys and Brady Foley and Aaron Steinfeld. Um, you got Ryan Miller, who's your we covered him um, during the commitment um, in the in December. He is your prototypical. He's six, six to 15. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And then we just got a a new recruit. Um, uh, let me look at his name real quick. Uh, Sam West. I want to call him Shane West, but that was an actor. Yep. Um, we don't we need to talk about uh, Shane West. But Sam West, they're building a really strong tight end group. I just think it's going to probably need a year or two. And I think I've said this before, but I think really tight end is the one position where you can play a platoon system yeah. and, and be effective. Um, yeah. Where if, if Steinfeld ends up being the blocking tight end, great. Now, do you have to do you have to go against trend every once in a while to prove that he's not just a blocking back and sneak him out? Absolutely. Uh, same thing with Barner. Sometimes you're going to have to keep him in and pass block. But the point is, if you have two or three guys, you can rotate in those positions and maximize what they're good at as a way to benefit this team. I, you know, it's not a situation where the cupboard being empty or not having huge names or huge production in the past is really going to be something that can be held against you. I mean, that's the thing with Michigan State every year. They they had a they had a, a trend where they had like a number ninety one at, at a tight end every single year. Oh, he's never knew his name. Yep, too. exactly. Never never knew who he was. Never knew where he was recruited from. Outside of sh- Chicago, but sure enough, or he Detroit. He'd pop out in the flat and get 15 yards on you on a vital third down, you know, and, and he would just kind of, you know, just bleed you to death a little bit by, you know, dinks and dunks here or there. Yep. And that's, and you can really figure it out with, by blending players and finding out what their talent sets are and, and molding an offense around that, or well, I mean, maybe not molding an offense around that, but, but, um, but, but utilizing those to benefit your offense overall. Yep. Um, because this is our show. Um, we got a little early Brando's Randos. Um, who is the best? And you might have already said it. Um, who is the best? Ti- what's tight end to you in the Big Ten? It's got to be Penn State. Got to be Penn. Like you just brought up Michigan State, so I don't know if you were going to go Michigan no, State. No, and um, then the outlier but, obviously is Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin has had tight ends for the last yeah. 20, 30 years. I remember Owen Daniel on, on the yep. Texans. Um, that was really what opened my eyes about tight ends at um, 
<laughs> I don't want Yikes. to finish the rest of that sentence. Leo um, after dark, baby. Yeah, right. But that's at least the, the earliest I can remember where it's like, oh, they uh, they produce tight ends up in Wisconsin. So, yeah, no, for sure. All right. So, yeah, personally, I'm not expecting much out of the tight end room. I mean, whatever A.J. Barner can give us. You guys are. You think he's going to lead the um, team in touchdowns? Man, if we can get. If we can get four or five touchdowns, 500 yards, 25 receptions out of this group. That's how little I'm expecting out of this group. We've spent 20 minutes on it, but um, I, I'm, I'm not expecting much. Maybe maybe next year for A.J. Barner after a year of full starting. Um, but, dude, the Big Ten is hard to line up against and just be an impact. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, really hard to, it's really hard to cut your teeth in the Big Ten. Exactly. Uh, which I think, you know, as we transition to the offensive line, I think that's, you know, that that's the way you can kind of look at this as well Is do you, do you want to focus on the older guys and, and, you know, who have kind of more a tried and true, well, I shouldn't say necessarily true, um, but who at least have experience, especially or you, as we talk about the tackles here. Yep. Or do you want to start seeing, cause I looked at the list, there's four or five freshmen and sophomores on there that shoot like throw them out there see what they got like so yes so so let's let's get into that i mean especially as it pertains to tackles right mm -hmm. how many years have we seen bedford we've seen haggard for two years Mm -hmm. bradbury's a transfer hannah's a transfer those are probably going to be your first four on the two deep right and and those those two guys aren't transferring here unless they're told they have a chance to compete too so i mean i think and that's what's freaking killing me Seth. that's what's killing me because you got uh sales and benson and carter smith and mm-hmm. don't give me that bs that freshman offensive lineman can't play because it happens everywhere around the country now again sometimes they might be starting off a little bit higher rated but you look at the those freshmen and sophomores in the iu offensive tackle group it can't be worse than last year, you know, bless Matthew Bedford and, and Luke Haggard. I mean, they try, but like Bedford was barely a top of thousand recruit, right? Haggard. Let me see what Haggard was coming out of high school. Haggard was actually really, really good. Um, but <laughs> um, he hasn't shown it on the field. He hasn't shown it on the field. So, I'm totally with you in in giving sales and Benson and Carter Smith at least snaps in in the, in the you don't have a preseason but like in the beginning of the football season you're playing Illinois you're playing some of these teams in the beginning that man if you're not giving these guys 20 snaps a third of the snaps then 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 where are we going with this room? Because I think if we roll out those four upperclassmen, I don't see much of an increase versus last year. But that's the default. I mean, that's when you, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I wish I could put on, put on Bragg's rose colored crimson and cream glasses and tell you, no, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be just fine. Yeah, Haggard uh, and Bedford developed. They, yeah, they exactly. learn from games. They're healthy. Their the offensive you know game plan is going to be geared to what their talents are, what their strengths are. You know, I'd love to, be able to come out here and say all that stuff, but I I don't know if that's true. And so for I can me, almost the, tell you definitively it is not. And f- so for me, 
go for the young guy, get the guys out there who are going to develop, who are going to benefit from the seasoning and God, if they can't do it, go to the old guys and then bust your butt in the recruiting circles because yeah, I don't know what else you're going to do. What else are you going to do? You're going to go from the old guys and then you're going to throw new guys late in the season into the, into the mix. See if they can develop when the the season might already be over. If you know, if it's as bad as they, you know, if the offensive line is the reason why they struggle. So it's like, what, it's better to get them in early. And then, you know, if they're, if they suck, they still get four games before they can still redshirt, you know, exactly. for a couple of the guys who have some, well, I mean, we get into who has redshirt eligibility, all that stuff, but you know, there's yeah, at least one not. person on, on inside who I want to burn the redshirt immediately. Um, right. But <laughs> you know, we, we can talk more about that, but, but on the outside, I prefer youth. So if it's putting sales out there, if it's putting Benson out there um, you know, I think they're probably two of the three that you've mentioned that I'd probably I love Carter Smith. I mean, again, I I, I think when we talked about most exciting recruits, um, I mean, this was a guy that Ohio State wanted really, really badly. Um, His ranking doesn't really preface it, but um, trust me when I say that, like, I'm I'm in the Carter Smith bandwagon, but he's right up there with Benson and and uh, and sales. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, you know, Seth, when you play like you play upperclassmen to win the when, game. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you play to win the game um, when you have known commodities, when mm-hmm. when I get going with the senior laden team, when you have the expectations you had going into last year. Yes. But you don't now. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you have a brand new starter at quarterback, brand mm-hmm. new starter at running back. Wide mm-hmm. receiver, AJ Barner. While he's not new to IU, he's new to starting. Mm-hmm. Why would we roll out two guys that we saw for ten games last year? That I don't dead air. Answer. I was gonna say that dead air is my lack of an answer. <laughs> yeah. So again, not to disparage Matthew Bedford and Luke Haggard. I mean, they 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 you know tried their butts off last year against uh, just stifling Big Ten. But I'm with you. Let's see what you got. And if you don't got it, you can always go back to it. Yep, absolutely. All right. Let's move to the inside, unless you had anything else there on the tackles. No. Oh, no. We talked more about the tackles than we probably should have already. So let's <laughs> let's go to inside. The inside where I'm not I wasn't a math major and nothing in my job really pertains to too much math. But like there's three interior offensive line positions. Mm-hmm. And for a two deep, you need six. I could only find seven guys, Seth. Um, that screams, that's not enough. Those are the same seven I have. Absolutely. And okay. there ain't a lot of pedigree in there. Like the tackles, again, Haggard was highly recruited. We just talked about Seth, or uh, Seth, Sales, Smith, and Benson. Weaver, Carpenter. Kadic, Knight, Murphy. Ugh. I mean, Holtz. <laughs> yeah. So I did miss one. Demon, I didn't hit in there. So we got to add Demon. That makes eight. Um, I don't know why, how I left Demon off. Uh, it's Demon. Um, I think you, you assumed that I'd be talking about him in depth. So I'm sure you just, that was. <laughs> so I guess there's eight, but. I think the interior offensive line is in the same position 
we saw Weaver, and I had such high hopes for Zach Carpenter, transfer from Michigan, mm-hmm. starter at Michigan. I mean, he, he routinely got benched last year. Routinely huh? rotated out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm in the same camp as tackles. I want to see what the younger Knight has. I want to see what Demon has. I'll let you go ahead and cover who this other young guy, who I know. Yacable. <laughs> <laughs> you know in google where you can press them to pronounce something is that your voice uh it can be yeah i that was I, do, pretty- I do some voice work yeah can you do that one more time <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good um or so fire again- cable yeah yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> i could do you got any more any more because you said you're gonna have a couple so i guess the <laughs> you see i saw this girl at the bar last week she was so fiacable it was <laughs> mm, pg pg uh, yeah. this is a children's show <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again just uh just to link back up to the tackles man we've saw weaver carpenter and kadic let the young guys just see and if it ain't working you can always go back. I mean, if we're talking about girls at the bar, right? Yo, you know, you walk in the bar and like, yeah, I, you know, I can probably get her. But, you know, you try to go for the one that you, you know, you really want. And then if you're not, you, you fall back to your fee cable. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm concerned out of everything we've previewed. The interior offensive line scares me the most. Um, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, and I would talk you off that ledge if I could, but I think I think you have a little bit of unfair um, feelings around Zach Carpenter. I think you um, and had Michael very high expectations. had very high expectations. I don't think he's done a poor job. I just think he hasn't lived up to those expectations. And certainly, you know, and if you want to call it benching or rotating, I don't know what the rotating. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll call um, it benching. So, so, you know, he got wrote, he got rotated out quite a bit. I, I absolutely will grant that. Um, but the problem was his replacement didn't really do any better. There wasn't anything out there that was an improvement over that. So by default, you'd have to figure he'd pencil back in at the middle. I need hope with another year granted as a new system, uh, you know, you'd hope that he'd be able to build from that. Uh, I think Mike Kadick had a lot of, a lot of value as well. Um, yep. I, I say part of that because his parents, I think sat right next to us as, or not right next to us, but like, a like right across the aisle. Yeah. Um, so I'd always see, <laughs> always see their custom jerseys and, you know, obviously, um, he works really hard. Um, he was in the right position a lot of times, uh, talking about Kadick, right? Kadick. Yeah. He was in the right position a lot. Um, but he also got beat. He, he was beatable. Uh, we had a lot of up the middle rushes where it seemed like the center and the guard could decide who was going to take who. Um, and, or and they just got blown back. Like that's my that's thing the other with Carpenter. Thing. Like whoever was under center. I remember the sack that I think Tuttle got hurt on. It's because who I, I have to go back and look. Whoever was under center got blown up. Mm-hmm. And like was pretty much falling on Tuttle as he had to try to sling it out of bounds. Um, and he got hurt. And that was 100% whoever was at center got Tuttle hurt. 
Yeah, that was a Billy Bob situation. Um, and then I, I really, you know, Tim Weaver, honestly, I'm a little bit indifferent about. I don't, there was nothing really about him that stood out to me. And I hate to be that guy. I'd love to talk about the positivities. You know, even though it's an IU guy, I'm a Purdue guy, you'd still, you know, it's not fun to disparage anybody. There was nothing leapt off the screen at me. Um, right. I watched, I watched some highlights. So if DJ Moore could slide into that spot, if Cam Knight, you know, yep. bounces between guard and, and center, if Fiacabal can, can make his way into that rotation, I mean, there are slots for these guys to fill. It's just a matter of, yeah, it doesn't, you know, the other side of it is it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a junior or a senior, what matters is, are you getting the job done? And, you know, with those eight players that we've mentioned, if you can find any combination of three to get the job done, it doesn't really matter who it is. Um, but I think you'd have to start with Kadic Carpenter and Weaver because by default, we go with the veterans. I think Which that I tends to be right. Ugh. Yeah, it's not right. it's not a winning formula necessarily, but that's when when you don't have you know tried and true. I, I don't know when you don't have some phenom coming in. It's always better to kind of start with the the older guys and work the. I get the philosophy. I don't agree with it, but whatever. I really you know I really would love to see at some point during this year, sales more night Fiacable and Smith line up as a five. And just see oh what happens. God, that would be I don't amazing. care if it's against Idaho, Western Kentucky, you know, some of these teams where yeah. you can afford to do a drive, you know, not the whole game, maybe, but at least a drive where you say. And inevitably, that's your future. I mean, let's mm-hmm. <sighs> Michael's not on this and he's going to kick my butt for being negative Nancy, which I can be sometimes. But I use ceiling this year is what? Seven wins. Like, I think we're all going to try to get six. But that though that five you just told me, if you can give that five two years of experience, well, then now you're competing for 10, 11 wins. Yeah. Um, because it all starts up front in the Big Ten. If you don't have an offensive line, you don't have a chance. Let's be let's be perfectly, perfectly honest here. And I'm tired with doing band-aids. Again, no offense to the five that we probably just put as starters, but the five that you mentioned, which was phenomenal, by the way, that's what's going to get IU back to double-digit wins. And they need snaps in order to do it. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing else to add to that. You're absolutely right. If there is any kind of, you know, if, if your goal this year is just to get to, to play a 13th game, that's great. And and you have that path in front of you. You have six winnable games or, you know, seven, if you want to include, you know, six or seven winnable games. Um, but if you want to potentially compete for a big 10 championship yep. or even just, you know, maybe 10 wins doesn't win you the big 10 East anymore. Okay. That's fine. But still having an IU team win 10 games is a hell of a season. And you guys are going to not, are going to talk my ear off about it for the next 20 years. So that's how that happens is by developing a core nucleus on the offensive line. Cause I think we've talked about this before. The hardest position to recruit is offensive linemen. It has the yep. most development. I mean, sometimes uh, a high school offensive lineman's body oftentimes does not translate. You'll have to put on 30 pounds. That's why a lot of them redshirt straight away is because they need to put on you know, 20, 30 pounds just to even compete really against, uh, you know, similar or, you know, men of similar position. Um, and it's also the, the one that has the most, um, need for cohesion. And it also has the most ability to be coached up. You can coach up an offensive line to erase a lot of talent deficiencies. Um, 
better than a lot of other positions. So you have to have some optimism that they can find five guys out of this shoot. I mean, we almost named 20 guys. Um, so <laughs> if you, you can find five, podcast. You you find five. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 I completely agree here. And it's not like, you know, there's a quarterback center camaraderie, right? I mean, Baz is going to come in and I, he doesn't have a relationship with any of these guys. So it's not like, it's not like anyone should inherit the position. Um, one last thing, because I wasn't going to bring it up, but you bring up a good point. I mean, some of these offense, young offensive linemen, like we had to fight off dogs for DJ Moore. We had to mm-hmm. fight off dogs for sales. We had to fight off dogs for Smith. You're going to stop getting those recruits if you don't play them. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That is the biggest selling point that IU has of a lot of those high school is playing uh, coaches time. off. We'll give you playing, playing time. time. Yep. And, and, and if you burn a couple recruits by lying to them, well, then, I mean, that, that's, that's how you basically get fired. Yep. Um, so twofold, the young guys are what's going to get us there. Maybe not in 2022, but in 2023 and beyond. And if you want to keep recruiting in the hardest position group to recruit you got to play the guys yep 100 percent. perfect speaking of path to success we got a super quick word from our sponsor the monon track club mtc is indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport in the hoosier state they craft products tell stories and create experiences that aim to celebrate support and add to indiana's running culture Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and to shop their sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies because it's a, it's almost pool weather. Do you have a pool, Seth? The in-laws. I don't have a pool, but I my best friend has a pool. I even went there tonight. He opened up his pool this weekend. I was there two days after he opened it. And you need koozies. And MTC has them. So as a thank you to our listeners, they are offering 10% off your koozie, your order, as long as you use the promo code LEO10 at checkout. Now, you know, who's, you know who's not adding to Indiana's running culture? Me? And me. Yeah, um, and let's really start with that. you. <laughs> I don't. You know that scene in Space Jam where Bill Murray's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll play defense. <laughs> That's me anytime anyone. want to go for a run. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't run. There's a lot of versions of cardio I will do yeah. uh, running, <laughs> running in a, in a straight line over the course of a far distance is, is not one. And of that's them. why I respect people that do it because Absolutely. I don't have the mental fortitude or the attention span. A little bit of that is it. like, I just get bored. Like, yeah, I just need something else, but people at MTC, if you have that drive, if you have that dedication. They're the people for you. Now, everyone's allegedly favorite part of the show. Some Brando's randos. We've already covered some of them because when I'm running the show, I just want to ask my questions. Um, So I'm jumping to the second one. Um, In my mind, the offensive line was the worst position group of 2021. Both Bragg and I said, we're not talking position coaches, but with the same position coach and a new eight, OC Seth, how much better can it eat? Can the line really even realistically get like, is there any hope is basically what I'm asking for. 
There is. There absolutely is. Because as we've talked about before, this has the most, this position group has the most amount of variability to it. It has the most ability to coach up. It has the most ability to scheme around. So yeah, I mean, if you're having problems where you're having rushers off the edge, you can bring a tight end to block down. You can, you know, sacrifice a running back to block. There are a lot of ways you can work in and around, you know, struggles within the offensive line. Um, obviously last year, last year was mag magnified because a lot of the other position groups struggled too. Um, so, so it was hard to, uh, you know, to singularly blame offensive line or, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, so I think there definitely is. I think the biggest thing you have to hope for is youth and consistency. If you can figure out a way to have the, the youth get on the, get on the field and also play with consistency, best case scenario for you guys. And so I think there is some upside there. And I think there are some selling points that you can get excited about. I agree. I completely agree. Um, again, everything in every position group we've covered, I think has a, has an awesome ceiling, but also has a terrifying floor. Mm -hmm. Like, I yes. don't think this team can be two and 10 again, but I mean it, but it also has the ceiling. I think to, to get back to where it was a few years ago, where, you know, you look at the schedule and you're saying this team can get to seven wins. Um, but it, but it all starts with the, the, the offensive line. Um, it all starts there. So Seth, what does Purdue's backcourt and I use offensive line have in common? Um, we went to the portal and we didn't find anybody. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Sometimes I don't like being right. Oh. oh, man. Much like Purdue, I'm shocked that we haven't really found, went out and, and done a plug and play, especially when you look at what we did with Bass, what we did with Shivers, what you did with Cam Camper. Like, we went and addressed other positions. I'm incredibly shocked that they didn't bring in somebody new, especially, I mean, on on both spots, on tackles, on guards, on centers, like we brought in this Parker Hanna guy. I mean, sure, junior college, something or other. Um, I, I I'm incredibly surprised they didn't do more, especially showing that they could have success doing it. Yeah, the lack of bringing somebody in uh, spells two different possibilities for me. Um, one is that nobody wanted to come there. Um, and if that's it is a two-way street, right? Yeah. If, if that's the case, that really sucks. And, you know, unfortunately you guys got boned. Um, the other side of it is potentially they feel very strongly about the people they have in house and that they are committed to making sure that these young cats get out on the field. And if that's the case, you don't want to waste your time on bringing in and stop gap transfers who may or may not help you for one season. Yep. So there, there really is kind of a two, two ways to look at that. I think, <clears throat> Again, I don't want to pile on because it's so easy for me to play the villain here. But um, for me, I, you know, I see that there's a lot of things that Tom Allen sells that I'd like to buy. Um, so if, if he's selling faith in his in the players that he has in that room already, I'm willing to buy that. The, this is the Elio podcast, Seth. We drink the Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid is done drinking. The villain in me says. Everybody looked at that offensive line last year and said, oh, not me. <laughs> I, I can't fix that. 
Uh, and if that's the case, you know, that's the kind of stuff that sucks for, for a lot of reasons. So um, I'd, I'd like to lean on and believe that it's uh, that the Tom Allen has faith in, in it's the players hope that are season, the baby. It's hope <laughs> season. Five months from now, if the offensive line is the exact same as it was 2021, I think we'll all be playing villains. Yeah. Um, and I think, Tom, I-, I think Tom Allen will be coaching somewhere else. Ooh, I don't think that, but I, if he can't fire his buddy on the offensive line, then, then I, I don't think even to Indiana, you go two and 10 back-to-back seasons. Yeah. I'll just throw that. That's, out that's another pod for another time. <laughs> um, but while you're on a heater, anything else in that sack? So I really, uh, yeah, you kind of exhausted my sack, uh, by being the co-host today. Um, so really the only thing I have is, that hurt my feelings when you uh when you brought up the whole Purdue backcourt thing. I just want you to know. Like, I didn't put that on the outline for I, a reason. I, I, I mentioned put- Nigel Pack a couple of weeks ago, and I know I, I picked the scab on the whole Pittsburgh thing with Jordan Addison. Like I get it, I do it, it goes both ways. I've I picked at you a lot. You know, you have to pick me back, but that hurt my feelings. I think you that's the closest you've come to crossing the line. Will Purdue run out four centers this year? No. No, we'll still never play two seven footers at the same time because I don't know. I mean, because nobody else can. It's so. so will we see a Trey Kaufman mm-hmm. um, first and Edie lineup? Will you guys play three true forwards? Because I think so. I think I, be, I think you guys I are think, going back to the eighties, baby. I think we may have to at some point because. <laughs> I mean, what are we gonna do? Throw Ethan Morton out at point guard? Yes. Uh, Hey, he was a point guard in high school. Okay. I know you have your issues. And he's he a Pittsburgh go back. guy too. He's a, he's, or he's a Pennsylvania guy. I don't know. If he's yeah. A Pittsburgh I think he's yeah. Uh, Butler PA, which I think is a uh, right outside. Yeah. Manufacturing suburb. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I don't know. I, I'd love to see it. I like when, when teams get creative, um, but who knows? I like when teams get five stars. And I just like when, when your whole court, when your whole core problem is not being able to beat pressure, and then you still can't recruit a point guard to beat pressure. Like I am a coach painter apologist. Don't get me wrong, but come on, just like learn how to break a press. <laughs> Please don't. Please. Um, all right. Is that it? Is that all? Yeah, that's it for me. Sacked on empty. All right. Well, Seth, that was our first, but we've done 86 episodes of this. You and me have never had a show. It went okay. Yeah. It went okay. Yeah. And if you think it went okay, be sure to check out the pod on Twitter at <laughs> Podcast LEO. Be sure to download, follow, rate, and review on all of our platforms. I'm not going to beg for five stars like the other host does, but if you want to, you know, all the cool kids are doing it. So you might as well give us a five star review. Um, but if you don't, no worries, because guess what? We're going to be back next week as we jump over to the defensive side of the things. And we're going to stay in the trenches with the defensive line. Um, One that had quite a bit of turnover. Uh, So there'll be a lot of new names to discuss. I think Michael will be back. Will Michael be back next Wednesday? I think so. I think he'll be back. Um, So again, thank you for listening to the stronger, better part of the podcast. And the weaker part will be back next week. Uh, Until then, Elio. Elio. He's sad. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio.
You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day, Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day, and Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.